welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books and how to fix an election and a four-day time jump. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to cover chapters 25 through 28. I was going to say 20 what? So I was almost stuck on 21. 25 through 28 of Fate of the Jedi, book 9, Apocalypse. The last book in our second series that we're covering. Mm-hmm. By Troy Denning. Not the series, the book. Yes. And this guy gets all the prime spots in our two series here, doesn't he? He gets the lead off, he gets the tipping point in the middle, and he gets the conclusion. Yeah. He's there. There it is at the time, right? He was like, you were well relied upon on the Del Rey Star Wars book uh, publishing situation. But man, I tell you what, the book is good. The story is good. But man, I we've been saying it since after book one. Yeah. Things are just not properly connecting for me. Yeah. A little like non-congruent non like they don't line up properly time is fluid and there's just seems like a lot of hand waving happening every mm-hmm. once in a while like don't worry about that we'll yeah. fix it. We'll fix it. N- nothing happened Darn it's it. fine yeah. and this week well we absolutely slam the brakes in chapters 25 through 28 of a 36 chapter book we slam Zero speed all the way down to the ground on the brakes. Yes. But first, bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon, Thurut tells us about mother fathers and sister brother architects. Tahiri's Hagamore Hunch finds Fett hanging around. Abeloth welcomes explosive guests inside the Moon Maiden. Grandmaster Luke and Master Jaina Solo... Face off with Apocalypse Incarnate. That was a, that was a good one. That was last week. Mm-hmm. When all the things <laughs> There's a lot going on last week. And this week we pick up with Chapter 5, where Han Solo is, quote, in just a typical Undercity Corridor. That's how little we care about <laughs> the scene right now and the setting, I mean. A typical, just picture it, done. Yeah. That's where I am. Han Solo. <laughs> You've had enough description. It's it's normal. It's just a quote typical Undercity corridor, and he's remembering how Vistarakai tried to blow up his granddaughter. That stang Slimo. But how did she set up the attack so quickly? Nobody should have even known they were there, landing in that uh, not emergency exit, secret entrance. Opposite. <laughs> I guess they it could can be both. Answer both. It can yeah. both. But how did she set that attack up so quickly? She'll pay though. Also, they're in a just a typical Coruscant Undercity corridor, but they're somewhere close to the bearable nest. Yes, and it's going to be Alana's decision what they do. It was her vision, her choice, as Leia tells Han, because mm-hmm. he's like, "I'm a grown up." Yeah, Literally. I'm. I get to decide. Sorry, yeah. magic people. Can we not? <laughs> Can we not? Magic baby in charge. Can grown ups decide? Nope. <laughs> also, Alana's blaster is called a QT. Yes, it is. Come on. It's a cutie, Tim. <laughs> yeah. that's, 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 I liked it. That's adorable. Anyways, Han saves everybody from grenades with lots and lots of experience. Mm-hmm. That's how he did it. That's how it was described. 
to the grandchild. And, well, then he fires into a bunch of Sith with lightsabers because that's really smart. He's in a pile on top of Alana after grenades have gone off all over the place. And he starts shooting at all the armed Sith. What happens when you do that? Let's flash all the way back to our very first book and let's go with Jason Solo back to that rocket factory <laughs> and hallways of guards behind a secret door. And what happens when they start shooting at someone with a lightsaber? Yeah, they just die. They come, the lasers come right back at you. Well, that's what happens here. But yeah, it's all good because there's good guys here. Yeah. Like Leia Solo. Who just starts cutting people's heads off. Yeah, it's more. it seems like he's more of a distraction than anything else. Good guys, Tim. Good yeah. guys. We turn them into goo. We cut their freaking heads off. <laughs> Our pets' heads are falling off. Man. Okay, I understand in a war, the good guys can't look like heroes all the time. Mm-hmm. But like, just the way it's casually presented, none of the Jedi ever seem to care that they cut a bad guy's head off. No. Like, they're always like, oh. I disdain that decision, but it had to be done. Yeah. I don't know. They just do it and move on with their day. Yep. Han saves Alana from another grenade again. And then the bearables show up. And they're all like, a vision? Yes, ma'am. To a nine-year-old. Yeah. It's a force vision. We'll, yeah, absolutely. And this we'll is accept where your I'm help. like hand wavy stuff, right? Yeah. This is so very much like, let's just, I don't know. She doesn't really fit through that door. We're going to shove her through it. Mm-hmm. And shove the bearables in here in just a typical Coruscant Undercity Corridor. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole thing is setting it up even like that. Um, describing the setting as just a typical thing. I don't care about it then. Yeah. You're telling me you don't even care about it enough to give it a sentence of description. Of yeah. interest. Uh, yeah. It's then not, I don't have any interest. It's not slimy. It's not wet. It's not overgrown with And mind plants. you, when you read the books, you probably don't break every four chapters. Yeah. So, like, this has more of a smooth continuity flow to the, the novel itself, right? But we just absolutely, we're somewhere we don't care about. Mm-hmm. None of the grown-ups are going to make a decision. And it takes no effort to avoid all the death. And no effort to convince what we've been setting up as very angsty bearables. It takes yeah. no effort to convince them to follow along with the nine-year-old. Yeah, I had a force vision. That's it. Just okay, and we're all magic, and we all have a certain reverence for that, you know. But at the same time, it just here you go, kid. Which maybe that's like her character and the way that her character's been raised. She has just this air of commandeering. What? Yeah. <laughs> of commanding. Yes. <laughs> she just has like a commanding presence, and so maybe that's it. But at the same time, they're down here guarding babies and eggs. Yeah, and of this this chapter, the best part that I liked was when because Taryn and Zek show up, and Taryn Ta- and Zell, yep, yeah, yeah, <laughs> on a Ta- hoverboard. <laughs> Taryn, Taryn's like, oh, we gotta, and she's, I am in charge. Yeah, Alana yeah, says, I'm in charge. Check on my grandparents. Stay back there. Yeah. I'm in charge. I'm the queen. That's what I mean. Like, she just has this commanding presence. Oh, first of all, Taryn Zell, she is her queen. Yeah. That's your princess. Yeah. You're going to probably do what she tells you to do. But yeah, like, she just hands out orders, directs everybody, and then it's, it's yes, ma'am. Yeah, even the plan to... <laughs> Which is, it's fine, to, but... Like, surprise the Sith came from her. Right. 
hey, we're going to lay this tripwire down yeah, and we're, we're going to hide. We're going we're gonna to set a whole trap down here in this non-distinct <laughs> corridor. In this typical corridor. In the Coruscant Undercity, which is also the basement of the Jedi Temple. Anyways, it's all connected under the roots. Like yeah. trees. The skyscrapers are like trees that all share roots under the ground that you don't really notice. Yeah, because nobody ever really goes Un- down there, except for in this book. Until you... Until well, you're there a lot. In this series, they go down there a few times, and sometimes they're just not there the next book. Mm-hmm. Chapter 26. <laughs> Jag and Tahiri are watching the crater of the Moon Maiden on the news. He destroyed Dalla's campaign headquarters right before the election. Gasp. This is, <laughs> this is the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the presentation of the news. Uh, the INN, uh, I don't know, Imperial yeah. News Network or whatever, yeah. which is again obviously run by Seth probably and Avaloth, but because you know she's in, she's she's everywhere. She's like, she's everywhere at the same time apparently. But it looks really bad when one of the people running for president blows up the entire <laughs> operation of the other candidate. Yeah, it looks really suspicious, doesn't it? Gasp! Like and, eight hours before the election. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Only eight hours till the polls close, man. Why does this not interest me? I really haven't been made to care about who runs the Empire at all. Not at all. Going all the way back to the last series where nobody cared about it and handed it to somebody. Mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker designated Jagged Fell, not an Imperial citizen, as the head of state of the Empire. Maybe as an Imperial citizen. In that weird chiss way. Yeah, I think he's more Imperial. (laughs) He's like, I'm over here. Sort of. He's in the Imperial peripheral. You know, it's like, it's been this long, long running. The entire series has been Jag avoiding assassinations and typical political moth maneuvering in the Empire. Mm -hmm. Where the game is pat each other on the back until it's time to stab each other in the back. Yeah. (laughs) And then take everything that person had. And now, you know, this pays to have friends. I don't. I just don't care who runs the empire. No, and I don't care. Is that just me? Because they're always like a secondary antagonistic thing, anyways. Yeah. If Dalla runs it, cool. She's just going to be the same Dalla, but with an empire mm-hmm. instead of the irregular fleet. If Jag wins, well, it's just going to be the same thing we've had for nine books: a dude who doesn't belong in the place, trying to get killed or trying to not get killed by people who are trying to kill him all the time. Yeah, and, and then if Admiral Reeve wins, he, he's not an admiral. Even he wasn't. He used to be like Pelion's attendant. Yeah, if he if he wins, I, you care even less because he's not really he's in not anybody even a character that you care about, yeah. other than being related to Pelion in a, in a in in a, in a story roundabout way, way in yeah. a narrative way. I just huh. yeah. This whole plot of like all the bad guys scheming in the background to take over the world, all these imperial moths and stuff, and it's like. Yeah, but you're not going to. Yeah. And with this overreaching threat of Abeloth over top of all the usual intrigue and machinations of the political systems, I really don't care what you're doing in your empire. Yeah, it means even less when there's Who's something huge. Abeloth. Like, I don't, <laughs> what? I don't care who you put in charge. Uh, and we spend so much time, like... Uh, worrying about this position because in the galaxy it's a big deal who runs the empire but in the stories it never is Mm -hmm. it didn't matter that palpatine was running the empire it mattered that he was an evil dude yeah it didn't matter that he was in charge of the empire didn't matter when 
when uh, Thrawn was in charge of the Empire, Thrawn was what mattered. Doesn't matter when Dala makes a resurgence, but the Dala is what matters. But she's not going to win. And Jag's not going to win. He's already been in this for nine books and doesn't want to be it. <laughs> and so someone I don't care about is going to win it, right? Like, uh, and whatever. It's yeah. eight hours till the polls close. Jag has a secret trap planned for the debate, which is mandatory for every Imperial <laughs> citizen to watch on TV. Yeah, it's Imperial law that you watch this debate. Which makes sense, right? You have to have an informed voter. Yes. To get it, real democracy. Otherwise, you're just voting for names and stuff. Yeah, you know nothing about it. Yep. So everybody's got to watch the debate. And that's why Jag is a secret trap plan, which he fully pulls off. I'm going to paraphrase. Yeah, I bombed her headquarters. But Dala was doing Drock stuff. <laughs> and that's so bad. Yeah. That there were Drocks there. She was experimenting completely with them. turns everything. She's over. It's over. She has yeah. no chance anymore. She's been doing something so hideous and Moff Gattel speaks up and backs up all the truth of it. She's been doing something so awful with these bugs that have wiped out trillions of people in different sectors of the galaxy that even the Empire is like, whoa. Yeah, that, that's too much. What are you doing? And then Jag's like, P.S. I'm off the ballot. And handshake, congrats, Vitori. <laughs> During the debate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I totally, never mind destroying her headquarters. I just blew her whole campaign apart. On the stage in about three seconds. <laughs> in front of everybody and then congratulated this nobody to, hey, you're going to be a good head of the Empire. Which is then, again, like, okay, so we, we've we spent... He was assigned to the position again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Which is what you want from a leader, right? Is you want a reluctant leader. You want someone yeah. who doesn't want the power, mm -hmm. but has the fortitude of character to make good decisions with that power. Without being hungry for it. But, yeah, we're right back where we started, except yeah. this guy's actually an Imperial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dahl is completely blindsided, but do I care who is Imperial head of state? Jag or Dala are the most interesting, and they're at, at the race is over. It's done. Yep. It is interesting in a tertiary background offhand way. That this guy, this character, who was Admiral Pelion's confidant and attendant, mm -hmm. right? I think they use adjutant. Ooh, <laughs> debutante. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> it is interesting that this guy, through loyalty and goodness of personage, mm -hmm. rises through the ranks of the Empire to actually show us how Jag has changed the Empire in his short Two to five years that he's been yeah, the president of the galaxy. They, they do use a number, but I don't remember which one it was. Politics. So, Jag's free. Free of his political commitments. Dalla has been ruined once again. Slandered. Despised. Disrespected once again. And with every member of the Empire watching. Yeah. This time. And... Vitor Riche is now in charge of trying to not get killed by other moths. And the only thing outside of the Empire that this changes is him and Jaina won't have to choose. Which has been the thing all along, right? Yeah. They got unengaged over it. Yeah, and now he can he's free to go back yeah. and be with his girl. Go support the person who 
has the life that they care more about. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about being imperial head of state, and he never did. So that, that should never have been the compromise. No. She would never give up what she's doing. First of all, she's magic. Okay? Yeah. Second of all, she's like the second most magic person in the universe. Human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we know of. Right? And then third of all, she is the sword of the Jedi. Like, yeah. it's, she, she can't did. not be a Jedi. So. Yeah. Jag contrives all this election to get himself out of the position, which is quite actually clever. Yeah, it's, it's and he pulls good. it off well. But yeah. do I care who's running the Empire? Chapter twenty-seven. <laughs> ben wakes up, stun cuffed, sore, and disoriented on a squishy interior floor. Ship says, "Don't make me use the gas again. <laughs> you need to see what's about to happen." Gets the hose Put again. The hose <laughs> on your skin. Don't make me lotion again. No, that's not it. <laughs> Anyways, what? Ben's on ship. Where has ship been? Nobody has sensed it. Nobody has tried to sense it. He's been here on Coruscant, probably parked somewhere in the Jedi Temple. Because now they're like up on top of like. Yeah, overlooking, overlooking Fellowship looking, Plaza. What do you call that? Like a balcony? Yeah. But bigger? Like a really big vista type of balcony <laughs> overlooking. Yeah. The, the, what's it called? Fellowship Plaza where like the galactic Senate is and the center for galactic justice and where all of the galactic Alliance happens. Right. Yeah. This like one block <laughs> where they put all the important buildings, which is really fun. Hanging out at city hall. Cause you can shoot it from space. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you can never shoot all the way down. To a typical <laughs> city corridor, though. So, it's too many buildings in the way. <laughs> but seriously. Okay. So we want to talk about how things seem to be disjointed or like we're not being led properly from one stepping stone to another. And this is one, this is, this is one of those times. We haven't even mentioned Ship. Nobody has thought about him. Not Luke, not Jaina, not Ben, not Vistara, not Abeloth. No, when was the last time we saw Ship? I when think she when was she was goo in the, watching the news. Pretty close to that. Yeah. So like books. Yep, it's been a bit. He might have been mentioned offhand. Oh, we saw him when she went. No. Yeah, she must have taken. No. <laughs> when when Abeloth went to Exodo Two, the Moon Armor cluster where Dala was hiding, did she take Ship? No. No, she was on a regular craft, right? Yeah. Because. That was a different version of her. Mm -hmm. And this body is here on Coruscant at the temple with ship the whole time. And now here he is, which can be okay. Like I made you forget about that thing. Right. And twist. Yeah. But you should make me feel like I forgot about it. Not make me feel like you didn't talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Make me feel like you missed it, dude. That's been sitting there the whole time. No, like ship doesn't like, arrive to change the moment in a in a in a hectic scene he doesn't you know like he doesn't come out of nowhere and change things in a visual way it just happens in the paragraph yeah he's being used as a it's holding just, cell it already has happened yeah ship has appeared back in the game now and he's a very powerful piece on the board yep and yeah ben's stun cuffed and captive inside and apparently being gassed for an unknown amount of time. Yeah, he doesn't know how long he's been unconscious 
hours, days. Ben feels like it's been 24 or 48 hours. What? That's a long time. That's a long time for everyone in the temple that we just left last episode. Jaina was half dead. Luke was half dead. Abeloth was half dead. She had to cowabunga down the exhaust port. (laughs) Yep. And we just leave all that? We leave all that. And it's been days now, maybe. He's being gassed. Kind of an unreliable narrator type of thing, right? Yeah. But ship has been missing too long mm-hmm. for this to really pay off or make proper sense. And he didn't come it, in in any I sort should, of I shouldn't say make sense. way. Yeah, it, yeah. I shouldn't say make sense because Abeloth has had ship the whole time. But it just it wasn't it wasn't there all along the way. And the connection between Ben and Ship has been a big one ever since he found him on Zyost. So for that to not be a thread that brings us here all the way through this book kind of sucks. Just, he's just there. <laughs> he's just there on the squishy floor getting gassed out. And that, that was weird for me too. This, it, his ship's out, outer exterior is like rocky, like solid. Yeah. I always picture the inside to be the same. Not squishy, although he is kind, kind of, of alive. It like glass, like yeah. volcanic glass inside. But it, it is kind of alive, like of it's course, a bio right? thing. It's, so, yeah. so like the outside is his exoskeleton. Uh, yeah, and it, the inside is his working parts. Yeah, it makes a kind of sense. But I, what kind of gas is he shooting out? He's farting Ben Skywalker <laughs> to sleep every so often. Every time Ben thinks of escaping, he's like, <laughs> "Oh no! Oh god! God!" <laughs> Okay, that's really stupid. <laughs> He's um ship. Okay, so ship says you you need to see what's about to happen. That's the key thing that's here. Yeah. Uh, he opens up a viewport where Ben can see Abeloth overlooking a smoking Fellowship Plaza. What? That yeah. was fine two days ago. Now it's smoking, and she's up here on this overlook, fighting off three gunships with one hand. Tentacle. She's Tim. Yeah. Three spaceships. Yeah, because she gets shot in the shoulder or something, but then she just goes... Yeah, she just smacks two of them together, and they crash, and the other one gets blown up by their explosion or something. Yeah. There was still another one. Something happened. (laughs) She just goes, hand up, twitch some fingers, some Scarlet Witch stuff. Yep. (laughs) Doctor Strange. (laughs) Dead. (laughs) Just not, not a threat, not a problem. Here's who I am, and here's how strong I am. Yeah, because she's deflecting, like, blast boat laser cannons yeah, back at them right, with right. her hand. Yeah, not not lasers from a gun, which mm-hmm. are smaller and less intense, right? These lasers are big enough to shoot holes in the concrete walls. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, pew, ping, pow. Don't care. Ship tells us Abeloth has big plans for Ben. Plans? I bet we'll never hear them. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody tells us any plans. (laughs) Very, very rarely. I liked Jags, though, because he did it right away. Yeah. Ah, I'm going to trick them. And he tricked them right away. (laughs) Yeah. Not sit on it for six chapters and then be like, surprise. Never going to tell you what I'm going to do. Big plans for Ben, though. And Ben feels the same cold tentacle inside. Yeah. So many times he felt as a two-year-old. Hiding on shelter during the Yuzhan Vong War. Yeah, he says it's always been a part of him, kind of. They go way back, don't oh, they? Oh, yeah. Come to think of it, like, this actually is giving me goosebumps. And this is a nice foreshadow or thread tie or whatever the literary term is for payoff. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, ever since two years old and since like 30 books ago, this thing touched this kid. And now she's like, I've got big plans for him. And Ben thinks to himself, but why me? It's, it's, it must be my sweet chosen one Skywalker blood, right? How many times have we talked yeah. about that? He's the only one to have escaped her influence. But, okay, so maybe she wants me for my blood and my power in the Force. But why? What does she want to do with it? He spots Vistara with a Sith Lord bowing to Abeloth. Oh my God. He runs across every emotion before deciding she must be playing along because she has no other choice. True. Very true. Also, she's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Also, she murdered a Jedi. She's surviving, pal. However also, she, she can. she threw a grenade at your cousin and entire family that you don't have very much left of. Yeah, they're, they're they going to die. die in situations like these. And you don't know how your dad or your cousin are because you left them. Because it's been days and nobody knows anything. <laughs> yep. But... She must be playing along because she has no other choice. Yeah. Uh, uh, she must be. <laughs> She's surviving the best way she can, little Ben. P.S. Ben gets gassed again. Waking up an unknown time later. But the ships Abeloth destroyed were just finishing crashing to the ground by the time he wakes up. That's the way it's described. And that makes me wonder how many, how long was he actually asleep for? Maybe it hasn't been two days. Or maybe this secondary gas is seemed, like a warning shot. Yeah, maybe it was like, like a sniff. Yeah, like, <laughs> Instead hey. of a go sleepies, because no escaping. You have to see this. Right? Yeah. Maybe you're right. But it made me think, like, maybe this guy just doesn't know how long he's been out for. And maybe the war hasn't been raging on inside the temple for two whole days. Because how does that make sense when there was six of you and you couldn't do shit? <laughs> The exhaust port's now open, though. So people have been able to trickle well, in and, and try and do it. Well, and that's part of what she's doing up there. Is running interference for these ships that are trying to run interference to get their troops down the hole. Mm-hmm. She's up there smacking ships together, blasting laser beams off her hands out into the distance. How long has it been since she jumped down the hole? Did she take the elevator back up? Did she take just a regular Maybe regular she just corridor? flew. Just a standard corridor. Yeah. Can she fly? I don't How know. fast do you got to flap your tentacles? <laughs> <laughs> she just turns them into like helicopter blades. It's just so weird that like it's described. He keeps getting gassed and he doesn't know how long it's been. And then he gets gassed again. And then like the ships are just finishing their debris settling to the ground when he wakes up again. 15 seconds? Like what? Yeah, I think he just, like zones out. He gets like a warning shot. Don't you try and do it. I don't know. Maybe. Just makes me wonder how accurate his 24 to 48 hours is. Abeloth does the very smart thing of setting Vistara to guard Ben aboard ship. It's a solid side plan? (laughs) Spy plan. It is actually, though, because she seems to be a little bit omniscient. She Mm -hmm. seems to be a little bit aware of what everybody thinks and feels. More so than you anticipate her to be. So my assumption is she knows Vistar is not loyal to the Sith or the Jedi, mm-hmm. but she's going to use Vistara in this room with Ben to get them to talk and get something to happen. What does Abeloth want from Ben? Because setting Vistara here to guard him has to be part of that goal. 
the big plan that ship said, right? Yeah. Because she's doing it. She's making the choice to put these two kids together. And they talk about the Falcon. They faking real emotions for spy ship the whole time. Ben's like, I'm mad, but I'm going to pretend to really be mad using this little bit of mad that I have. Yeah. So that ship can't tell my real emotions and report back to Ablog. I'm going to use all the times that she did something bad and bring all those emotions to the surface. Yeah. Meanwhile, Abelos standing right outside. So why are you trying to trick ship? Okay. Then the ground quakes start. Yeah. And this gets really interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Vistara says the volcano will be the true punishment. The people of Coruscant have disappointed their beloved queen of the stars. Nobody came to fight for her when the Jedi came to the temple. The yeah. regular citizens ran and hid in their homes. So they must be punished. As you do. Because they have disappointed me. So once again, the star says, the volcano will be the punishment. The what? We're on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. There is no nature here. Except no. in the nondescript corridors. The What? Let me read a little excerpt for you. It's yeah. actually going to be a long one. Ben recalled the giant volcano at Abelot's home in the Maw and the pool of magma on Peter and quickly understood the truth of what Vistara was saying. Whether the volcano somehow fed Abelot's power or were a mere side effect, it seemed clear that they were associated with her presence. And on Coruscant, even a small flow of magma would kill millions. With footings and foundations melting by the square kilometer, sky towers would fall by the thousands, tumbling into their neighbors or dissolving into the same pools of molten stone that had eaten away their bases. The fumes, superheated and filled with noxious gases, would kill hundreds of millions. And if a pyroclastic flow developed, the death toll would rise to the billions. And the whole time, Abeloth would be feeding off the fear and anguish of the victims. She would grow into a being... Beyond mortal comprehension. With the dark side hers to command, she could literally reshape the galaxy in any manner she wished. Yeah, literally reshape the galaxy because she is chaos. Yeah, he, from the, he the makes magic a, mythology that we got. He makes a comment about the he's at the beginning of watching a deity be born or something. Yeah, that is what he says. Um, let me see. Where do I have that? Uh, crazy. Either way, we'll get to that. Yep. But she's chaos, and she's a vor- force. <laughs> force volcano. Exactly the way Boba Fett and Tahiri described her mm-hmm. earlier at the Moon Maiden. And this is another one of those threads... That has been well woven, and I didn't see that coming. Nope. Volcano on her own, on her home planet. Volcano action with magma down on Peter after Luke kills her once, and then they get captured. It's magma down there. Remember when they were on that wild goose chase looking for ancient Sith sites, and Luke took a hundred plus Jedi to a trap that was a volcano. Yes. I do remember that one. In retrospect, it's almost a little heavy handed. <laughs> but I did not see that coming. <laughs> Got us good. They called her a force volcano last week. <laughs> and I was like, wow, cool description. That's not real. She's going <laughs> to punish trillions of people on Coruscant 
by creating and exploding a volcano in the heart of this super metropolis planet. Yeah, one volcano will kill billions. And the pain and suffering is going to empower her, which is the craziest part. Yeah, because he could see her feeding off the deaths of the blast boat um, crew. Yeah, he's, uh, she's using one hand to draw suffering into her and one hand to destroy three ships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ben thinks he's watching an evil deity being born. Man. Yep, it's not good. But she's already born, isn't she? Yeah. And this is what Abeloth has been doing the whole series. Kind of moving from place to place, gathering increasing amounts of power everywhere she goes she's always had the dang it what's that place called in the maw where everybody went sleepwalking sinkhole sinkhole station yeah sinkhole station she's always had that she's always had those mind walkers that she's been slowly feeding off to get enough power to break out of the maw yeah and then when she breaks out of the maw she goes to different force users and different force users because as Tahiri tells us when, when she takes over a force user, it gives her more power and those, they last longer. Yeah, those bodies last longer before burning out. Yeah. And so everywhere she's gone for nine books, she's been powering up. And now she's come to the place with the most people of all time ever. And she's gonna make a volcano? Yep. P.S. We get an absolute on our timestamp. As Ben and Vistara are talking, the Jedi invaded three days ago. And I don't like this time jump at all. Mm -hmm. When we left the action last week was at the height of climax of, of like the act two things going wrong. Yeah. We gather all of our strength in act one. We face the enemy in act two and everything goes wrong when we think it's supposed to go right. And then we skip three days. Luke is almost dead. Cornhorn's busted up. Jane is almost dead. Abeloth gets exploded on the other side of the galaxy and has to jump down a hole on this side. And we skip three days to get no resolution to all of that action. I don't like that. No, (laughs) that's just me. I don't like that. And it's a lot of slow going then because Han and Alana and them took them three days to get from where their ship was. And what have they been doing all this time? Yeah. Just walking. Nondescript corridors? Yeah, it all Because we jumped. Okay, so they invaded three days ago. Like, we've jumped an entire day and a half or two. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not right, man. That's not right. I don't like that. Where's Jaina? Where's Luke? Where's Alana? Not where are they? Where have they been all this time? Yeah. And how did they get to where they are when we see them? Whenever we will. Like, we already saw Alana. Yeah, there's no... What have they been just... doing just running through the Undercity? Yeah. I don't, like, I don't get it, man. Ah, it seems soft. That's some hand-waving. Why did we... Why? Why did we fully stop? Yeah. We just got into the temple after all that preparation of invasion, and it goes wrong right away in that water room, whatever. And then most of the Jedi die, but you still have a strike team of six people that get split up. So things are going worse. And then Abeloth shows up and things are as bad as they can get. And then we 
press pause, we fast forward two days, and hit play again. That's not cool. Yeah. It's That's a, not what I want. That's not what I want. No description, which is what we've... We've had a problem with that this whole time. Especially when a main threat is how are you going to get out of there? Yeah. There's six of you and thousands of them. How are you going to get out? Well, I don't know. You're just going to do an Alana down nondescript corridors. I don't know. Anyways, back to the scene at hand. Ben and Vistara try to escape ship. Huh? Because they're so clever. And then they get their heads banged together. (laughs) And locked inside instead. And probably gassed again. What a dumb plan. You're surrounded yeah. by Sith yeah. in a ship that is loyal to Abeloth that can read your mind. And can also shoot you once you walk out the door. Yep. Uh, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> How fast do you think you are? There's so and she's many still Sith- standing out there? Yeah. Or not? I, I think Abeloth's still the, out there. Well, even if she was halfway across the planet, she could probably still do something. She might be everywhere. <laughs> Simultaneously. But it's a really dumb plan. Yeah. From two very strong, smart people. And they get their just rewards. Yep. Heads smacked together, locked inside the ship. And Ven and Vistara carry on with their very complicated relationship. <laughs> Chapter 28. Where Jaina wakes up from a prophetic dream of Ben and Vistara dueling at the font of power with the capital B balance at stake. She reaches out to help or something. Some voice inside her head or some innate uh, intuition tells her, no, if I interfere with the battle that Ben and Vistara are having, I will ruin the fate of the universe. Yeah. And it's not about the outcome. It's about the battle. Yeah. The combat is what is the important thing. Isn't that what we've been talking about ever since Jason Solo did bad things? Yep. Yeah. It's the, it's the same theme reiterated here in a dream and a prophetic dream. Mm hmm. It's going to come down to Ben and Vistara as the representations of light versus dark, according to this process. And the choices that they make. It's going to be how you do it, mm-hmm. not the outcome. Oops, smack the stand. Like we said, the, the brand new Jason Solo tenet of the Jedi Code. Ask yourself every day if you've been a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just think about the end of the battle. Ask yourself every day if I'm winning this war in a good way. You know, like, am I giving myself to evil bit by bit to win what is important or, you know, it's the battle that matters to Jane. Mm-hmm. She can't interfere. Capital B balance at stake. She wakes in a back to tank 12 hours earlier than she should have. Cause master solo is needed at a meeting of the Jedi council over here at fellowship Plaza, where we are in the, infirmary of the t- the detention center with tons of space marines yeah they're all groaning and because everybody got extracted from the temple it's just that easy to get in and out of it apparently even with abeloth smashing ships together up top mind you here's how it works abeloth jumps down the hole the thing has been uh destroyed the shield generator corn breaks the one shield generator the exhaust port is open. The first Marines come in with no threat of Abeloth because she's been so badly injured, she's in recovery mode again. Mm-hmm. And then they get the Jedi out. I don't want that in the background. Yeah. That's last week. That happens last week in a two or three paragraphs after she cowabungas down the hole. Everybody collapses and faints unconscious except maybe Cornhorn, and he's on the comm link, and then the Space Marines come down. Yeah. K 
Okay? And then we have some sort of context for this time jump. Because right when we first started it, the time jump just was, uh, we've been running for a while. Uh, Ben's handcuffed. Mm-hmm. No, having to extract Master Luke Skywalker and Jaina Solo and Corrin Horn and giving the recovered Jedi time to heal is a good reason to sit out a day or two. Yeah. That all needs to be told to me. I'm, I'm, I'm complaining about two chapters right now. This is a little <laughs> out of order, I guess, right? Yeah. But like, man, it, it makes sense to have them be recovered and having to recover. Yeah, and it, it wouldn't take much to explain it. It's... A paragraph at the end of that cowbunga. Yeah. Where Corn Horn, we cut to his perspective. We need extraction. And he's like, he's bang, puts the bomb on the thing. He's got his phone out and he watches Abeloth jump down the hole and Marines come right down behind her. Yeah, we need extraction. You don't even need to say that. Yeah. You just show me team collapsed, rescuers incoming. This is thing, this rule of writing that I've been listening to all these writers on podcasts and stuff lately, right? A rule called in late, out early. Okay. So come into the action later than you think you should and leave it earlier than you think you should. For example, the space Marines come down the hole and seen. I don't need to see them pick up the bodies and drag them back up. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see that. I can, I can understand that that's the next dot to connect in line, right? I can infer that's what's going to happen next. Yeah. But not when we just jump a bad guy down a hole and then we're kid in a hallway we're gas guy in a squish tank. And then we're at the med center, which Abeloth has been staring at from her precipice up top of the Jedi temple, right? It's all flaming around here. Yeah. But this is where all the team is recovering. Not all, I mean, not just the team of Jedi, all the space Marines also, because they're getting their asses kicked inside the temple. They yeah. only have one entrance. Yeah. Or they keep trying to get into the one entrance and are being shot down or whatever. Because Abeloth's up there smashing ships together now. Yep. Right. But in the fracas of the explosion and her disappearance, they were able to get the Jedi out. Yeah, the four. But none of that is told to us for probably editing reasons, right? Yeah. Running out of space, running out of time, whatever. I just, I really also still don't like this time skip. Mm -hmm. Let them be in back to tanks for three chapters while we see what happens for a day and a half. Through whose perspective, though? Han and Leia and Alana, I guess. Give me... A whole chapter of them struggling through the Undercity for a day and a half. Yeah, because they days. were being chased by Sith. Yeah. Constantly to a point where it comes to nine grenades at the end of that <laughs> chapter or whatever, right? Like, yeah. Someone has to live in that space that we're skipping. Yeah, there for are me. things happening. For me. That's for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. They get their heads smacked together and we moved on to the next chapter. And we're not even talking about anything at the temple right now. We're talking about what's happening at the Galactic Justice Center where it's time to go to the Jedi Council meeting. Okay. Jaina wakes up and she's got a lot of messages. She's got a lot of voicemails. <laughs> she's got like six or seven of them. Oh my God. <sighs> One of them is Jack saying, hey, uh, heard it went bad in there. I haven't heard from you yet. I'm a little worried. Yeah, I hope you're alive. On my way to Coruscant, by the way. Be there 
at such and such a time in 17 minutes. And when she checks her watch, we'll be here in 17 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll be there quarter afternoon, three days from now. Right? And then she wakes up. She's like, oh, shit, they're going to be here in 15 minutes. <laughs> that time skip worked out for her. She'd have to sit around and wait for her fiance. Yeah. <laughs> but she's got to get to the Jedi Council meeting so she can't be on the phone too long. Right? They actually get, get in contact. And Jack's like, we can't talk. You talk to Tahiri. They discuss what happened on the Moon Maiden. We blew up Abeloth, me and Boba Fett. You and Boba Fett. So just don't worry about that. Hand wave. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Weird. But we, we killed st- her. We stuck a bomb in her stomach and just left a crater in the floor. We got her. And Jane is like, what time did that happen? She checks her watch again. She's like, yeah, that explains how she got hurt and then ran away from us. And they're like, what? She could be in two places at once. And now they know for a fact that she can actually, it's not a body jump. It's two places at the same time. And maybe more. Yeah. Two minimum. Yep. Yeah. But they also have a connected. Connected? They have a connected thread <laughs> where they share pain, they share life, they share essence. Mm-hmm. If you hurt one, it hurts the other one. And she has to cowbunga down a hole for four days. That's good to know. That is good to know. Also good to know is the news from Jag. To hear, yeah, cool to hear you killed Abla. Jag says, I'm not the president of the bad guys anymore. I'm coming home. <laughs> right? <laughs> Honey, I'll be home after work. And I'll never have to go again. And they laugh and they laugh and they laugh. And that's the best way to describe that? <laughs> Until she hits the turbo lift button, which the repulsors and the gravity cause the calm link to short out. Yeah. And she, instead of hanging up in kind of a sweet thing, she's, on, she's in the elevator going to the master's meeting, which I'll get to in a second. But not wanting to hang up on her fiancé, who she just almost died, and he almost died, and he almost had to be president. And she yeah. just listens to him chuckle as static washes the call. Yeah. That, just, was, that was adorable. I, I like that. It's, oh, we we might finally be able to be together, and, but, and that's her thought, right? But how about that, man? She Je, Jedi Master, Jaina Solo. Love it so much. On the way to a Jedi Council meeting, gets off the phone with her healthy happy fiance who's totally free for them to have a life together now. Wink. I'm yeah. sure he's totally free. Yeah. <laughs> That's Star all going to go works, well. Right? Yeah. yeah. There will be, there will be no repercussions. Everything's going good for you. Doll is just gonna, she's going to sit down and be like, all right, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I lost that fair and square. It's all good. But back to Jane solo. We've watched, not, not watched read over 18 books of Jane solo becoming a mature human Mm -hmm. because when she started the last series she was all fighter pilot impulse impulse no emotional control or emotional even recognition and value (laughs) like no stability no security and then now through the wild journey of even just the last 18 books Mm -hmm. that we've read she has grown and changed and also been retconned backwards and then so that she could grow again some more in the same direction but coming here to this turbo lift near the end of this book man we have two more weeks of this book eight chapters left that's it which really makes three weeks of the book and then another week for the full series review a month from now we're gonna go all the way back to really the beginning of Jaina Solo's growth and Mm -hmm. journey to the Yuzhan Vong War where all of these young Jedi Knights 
Never mind the Young Jedi Knight stories, the young adult books, right? For kids or whatever. Yep. These adult books of the Yuuzhan Vong War, in one month, we're going back to the beginning of Jaina Solo. Yeah, she's 16 or The beginning of Jason, the beginning of Jaina, Tahiri, Anakin, the Horn Kids. We're going 20 years back in... I'm going to fucking cry. Mm-hmm. We're going 20 years back in time in a month to start this journey at the beginning. Yep. We picked it up at a beginning. Mm-hmm. As the wheel turns, there is no end. There is no end to the wheel turning. Ages come and pass and pass into myth that become legends by the time the age that birthed them come around again. We're going back in time 20 years in a month to watch all the babies grow up into Jaina Master Solo. Yeah. And I'm that freaks me out. Yeah. It's and I'm so benefit. excited I'm, he, that I'm she's in- a master. Oh, and she's going to the Jedi Council. She... Being the survivor of all the loss, she's she's there. She's a master. She's going to the council. Her boyfriend fiance is coming home. She's gonna be the youngest one there. Like she's relatively young for a she's master, definitely right? Definitely the youngest. She's like thirty five or thirty six or whatever. But she's heading to the council meeting. Up the turbo lift at the Galactic Justice Center, up to Senator Wool's office, I think, right? Yep. To meet with Grandmaster Luke and the rest of the Jedi Council. When? Next week. <laughs> when we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 9, Apocalypse, Chapters 29 through 32. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Force Volcano! And Master Solo. <laughs> ah, Fate of your anguish. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at Forever Canon Podcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.